0: Mm-hmm. <laughs>
1: Welcome to the Mad Dad Movie Review, a podcast full of first-time movie reviews starring Mad and her dad. I'm Mad. And I'm her dad. And this is Mad Dad Movie Review. How goes it, kids and heroes? And welcome to another exciting episode of the Mad Dad Movie Review. A certain return to form, so to speak. Because to my left... I have my beautiful 12-year-old, <laughs> soon-to-be 13-year-old daughter sitting here, the mad part of the Mad Dad Movie Review. Welcome back to the show, Madeline Snyder. Yay!
2: I don't know what to say. <laughs>
1: I didn't have a speech prepared.
2: <laughs> I wasn't expecting you to do that whole thing.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, today is November the 9th. 2020, Um, 30 years ago, this very day, a special one for me because I just love this film so much, talking about child's play too.
0: He rules. Did you miss me, Andy? I sure missed you. Child's Play to
1: Keep an eye out for it. Alright, 30 years of Child's Play 2. Well, before we get into this one, because it's going to be a good one want to let you guys know that you can check out previous episodes of our show on iTunes, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google, Stitcher, Anchor, Breaker, and wherever else you enjoy your favorite shows. You can follow us on Facebook.com at
2: MadDadMovieReview.
1: Instagram.com at
2: MadDadMovieReview.
1: Twitter.com at
2: Mad Dad Movie Review. No. Oh, Mad Dad Movie Pod.
1: Uh-huh. And YouTube.com. <laughs>
2: Mad Dad Movie Review. <laughs>
1: exactly. And of course, you can always email any questions, comments, or requests to MadDadMovieReview at gmail.com. Alright guys, so we're starting a brand new part of the show. This is the part that we're gonna be calling Shout Outs. Baba Bowie and Mads. Do you have anything or anyone you want to give a shout out to this week?
2: No. Cuz I just I literally just found out we're doing this and so now I don't. All right. Besides a Liz.
1: Shout out to your friend Liz. All
2: right.
1: <laughs> no, I just want to give another shout out to Crazy Train Radio. Um
2: right.
1: Yeah. Uh a couple of weeks ago we participated in a watch along with them. Uh, We did Freddy's Dead and New Nightmare. And a shout out to Howard. And we talked to Howard Berger and watched New Nightmare with the man because he did the uh, makeup effects for that film. And um, it was a blast. Uh, we ended up talking overall to the man for a few hours. Um and we also have another watch-along coming up on the 21st of November. We're going to be watching Elm Street 5. Not my favorite one, but still. It's going to be a blast because we're going to be joined by Alice herself, Lisa Wilcox.
2: And they also told us, um, not Howard, Robert sometimes pops in, so...
1: Yeah, it's... We know it's he
2: could. He just pops in randomly, though, so we don't know if he will. He's
1: been not. known to, yeah. so we've been told, so... Um, so again, it's, it's crazy train radio, uh, shout out to those guys, Jonathan, um, and Elena. It's, it's, it's been a pleasure knowing them for the last couple of weeks and, uh, yeah. And I'm also going to give while I'm at it, another shout out acknowledgement to my buddy Joe at Facebook, uh, his Facebook group, Joe's house of horrors. Um, they've been nothing but kind to us since the, uh, Halloween season, and even though Halloween's over, and there are horror, we're not. Even though we're doing a horror show today, we're not particularly a horror based mm-hmm. show. I still want to give him a shout out. He's a good friend of mine. They've been good people. Mm-hmm. And we also
2: we still talk about horror movies. It's not like I know. I we're know. never going to talk about. But
1: that. it's not going to be like the Halloween horathon, Like like we talk about three sixty
2: five week or more than once a week. Like
1: now. Right. All right, so Child's Play 2, again, 30th anniversary. Um, This movie is something special to me because it was one of my first horror films. Um, Basically, when it first came out on VHS. Like, I I was a fan of the first one. Um, I watched it at a very young age. (laughs) Basically, right when it first came out on video in, like, the late 80s, like, 89. I knew Chucky at a very young age.
2: But I never watched it. This is my actual first actual Chucky.
1: Yeah. Movie. And since it, since we've never covered the first one, I just wanted to talk real quick about my introduction to Chucky as well as this film in particular. Um, more or less, like I said, fan of the first one. Watched it with my cousins growing up. Saw it at a very young age of f- like five, five, six. But I have memories of seeing like TV spots for this film popping up on TV and like, just me being like, oh wow, a new child's play is coming out. That's gonna be awesome. And my best friend Corey at the time, he lived across the street from my grandparents. who I always spent my weekends with. And when this came out, when video finally after hit the theaters, uh, he had rented it and I came over that night and we watched it down in his basement. And just, I personally love being scared. This movie scared the shit out of me. <laughs> <laughs>
2: just
1: being blunt. Just being blunt. Um, I can yeah.
2: see like it didn't like because you never know when he's gonna come out.
1: There's a lot of creepy shots and like,
2: and we also realize- dark
1: colors and the the the, the lighting effects are really effective in the uh, the the Simpson house.
2: And we also realize there's a lot of close-ups in this movie. Like every scene has at least one
1: close up. Well, there's a there's a reason yeah. for that. It's it's kind of um like a De Palma mm-hmm. nod. Um, it's 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 clever. Mm-hmm. Um, they
2: don't use it too much to like, but they use. No, it it
1: it's well. it's used yeah. predominantly in this film. Yeah. But um, it's there's a reason for it, and uh, I was going to talk about that later. But since you bring it up now, because. Like John Lafayette wanted this movie to be more or less told from Andy Barclay's perspective, and he's a child. He's eight years old in this movie, mm-hmm. and so the reason for that close-up effect is because everything looks larger when you're when you're small when you're you know little when you're when you're smaller when you're younger younger. That's what I was looking for younger. When you're younger and a kid or child. Everything the world looks larger, and that—that's mm-hmm. my take. That's that's why I think that the um, cinematography is like that in this film. Um, it's it's really well used. And like I mentioned, it's it's used throughout this film. Like almost every to, shot yeah. has a close-up shot.
2: But like they don't use it too much to the point where it's like every single part. Like it's so close-up. No, it's
1: like, done just enough. Yeah, it's not. It it's not too much. It it's, it's perfect. Too little. It's it's, it's that perfect yeah. amount. Um, but yeah, that's that's why I believe that <clears throat> this film features that many. Um. Alright, let's just hit the nitty-gritty. So let's get down to the nitty-gritty. Alright, so Child's Play 2 was released on November 9th, 1990 from Universal Pictures. It opened up in first place against Jacob's Ladder, Ghost, Sibylian Rivalry, and Marked for Death. Opening weekend box office of $10.7 million, going on to gross $35.8 million worldwide on a budget of $13 million. It was directed by the late John Lafia. Produced by David Kirschner, written for the screen by Don Mancini, edited by Edward Warshilka, music by Graham Revell, and cinematography by Stefan Zapsky. Starring Alex Vincent as Andy Barkley, Brad Durf as the voice of Chucky, Christina Elise as Kyle, Jenny Agutter as Joanne Simpson, Garrett Graham as Phil Simpson, Grace Zabriskie as Grace Poole. Beth Grant as Miss Kettlewell, and Greg German as Matson. All right, Madeline, so what uh, what were your initial thoughts going into this movie? What did you think coming out of it?
2: Um, I, once again, like I usually say, I liked it. Uh,
1: <laughs> You're going to have to give me a little bit more than that. I'm,
2: that's what I'm about to get, to, get <laughs> into. I liked it more than I thought I would because I'm not a huge fan of Chucky in general. And I've brought this up on, like, two other episodes, podcast, whatever it's called, I don't know, um, that growing up, like, Chucky, I was terrified because you always showed me pictures of him. And I just, I hated him. And then...
1: You make it sound like I was just, like, Terrible, like, torturous father. Back like. then
2: I thought you were.
1: Wow. No!
2: Nah, like not all the time. <laughs> Back then I thought you were when you showed me this stuff because I didn't want to talk to you for the rest of the day. But, <laughs> and, like, every time you wanted to show me something... For the record, make...
1: I'm a great parent.
2: <laughs> but, like, I don't know. I thought, because the first ever Chucky, I guess you could say, that I've seen was the remake, mm-hmm. and then I saw... This one that Charles played too, mm-hmm. and I just didn't that's think really I like ick, it because
1: we really haven't dived into this franchise yeah, together yet. Because
2: you've asked me to, and I've always been like no, because like I'm terrified. I still am terrified from this day to him. but, Like oh, it's not like to the point where I won't watch him now. At least now that I've seen this, because I was on the edge of even watching this, but right? Yeah, I, I I like it. I like. I'm still scared of him, like I said, but. I'll get it. And like away. I
1: always say, there's nothing wrong with being scared.
2: It's a horror movie, you're supposed to be. I love
1: being scared personally, but like I'm weird, scared, so i too much.
2: Like I There's a certain limit to be scared for me.
1: <laughs> I got gotcha. you. All right then. Well, let's take a look at what the critics thought. <laughs> so child's play 2 has a rotten tomato score of 44 percent from 16 reviews it has a cinema score of a minus and a letterbox score of 3.1 out of 5 evan dixon from bloody disgusting in describing how it surpasses the original film wrote child's play 2 manages to strip away all artifice and still manage to be an effective slasher Variety said, Child's Play 2 is another case of rehashing the few novel elements of an original to the point of utter numbness. Gene Siskel Siskel gave it zero stars, calling it a vicious, ugly little thriller. Kevin Thomas from the LA Times thought the original was a terrific, one-of-a-kind thriller, but not so the sequel. It's an all-out horror film, handsomely produced, but morbid and not in the least amusing to watch. Finally, Richard Harrington from the Washington Post called it an inevitable sequel that's not as good as its progenitor, but better than most movies with the numbers two through eight in their titles. So now that we know what they thought of the film, why do I love this film? Well, I love this film because of its ability to effectively scare my childhood. I love it because Graham Nivelle's score is simply one of the best scores I've ever heard. I love this film because of the slow and intense build-up sequences. I love it because of Andy's foster parents consisting of Nurse Price and Bud the Chud. I love this film because of the dark funhouse feel of the awesome finale set in the Play Pals toy factory. I love this film because of Stefan Zapsky's next level cinematography. I love this film because of that peekaboo shot from the closet. I love this film because of Chucky's Frankenstein-inspired resurrection. I love it because of Chucky's knife hand in the finale. I love it because of Don Mancini's clever screenplay. And finally, I love this film because it's so great that even Jerry Seinfeld owns a copy of it on VHS. Alright guys, so the origins. After the success of the original film back in 1988, United Artists quickly greenlit a sequel. However, during pre-production, an executive from United Artists approached producer David Kirshner and informed him that the film was put on hold as the studio was about to be acquired by Australian group Quintex, Kentex, who wanted no business with horror films in general. So every major studio expressed interest in picking up the franchise. Studios ranging from Fox to even Disney to Warner Brothers to, to you name it at this time. It was a, it was a pretty high, high, high bid war. Um, but it was Universal in the end who won the rights bid after Steven Spielberg, of all people, assisted Kirshner in convincing Universal's Sid Sheinberg to accept it. Spielberg asked Kirshner to give Universal the first opportunity and he complied. All right, man, you ready to talk about this film? Mm-hmm. Love that enthusiasm. Go, kid. All right, so the film starts actually with a special 75th anniversary logo of the Universal Pictures emblem. Um, it starts with the very first shot we get Chucky's burnt head from the end of the first film on a mechanical spinner. Now, <clears throat> at the end of the first film, let me brief you because you have not seen the first film. This is kind of we were talking about this without you seeing the first. So at the end of the first film, it's basically everyone's on to Chucky. They know he's real. It's uh, this cop, Mike Norris, uh, Andy Barkley, and his mom, Karen. They are all in um, Karen's... Apartment in Chicago, like this high-rise apartment.
2: Like the kill count. They're
1: being tired, terrorized by Chucky, more or less, and they <laughs> finally kill him by the first. They they throw him in a the fireplace, <clears throat> and then they blow his body parts off with a gun, and then he ends up getting shot in the heart, um, and that's what cool. kills him. So for,
2: for that, like, doesn't kill
1: him. But... Well, there's a reason for all this. So let's just go into the <laughs> how the movie plays out. So. We see Chucky's eyeball get scooped out, and then that's when the title card comes up for uh, Child's Play Two. Um, and we and then we just see this bod, this burnt doll, all this the burnt at all the ash gets scraped off of him, all the blackness and and stuff, and until it's down to his shiny metallic like plastic form, and then they basically just put him back together like he's a brand new doll. You see like they they put the stencils on his face and everything and they put, they give him fresh batteries and a new thread of clothes and all meanwhile, you know, first of all, gotta acknowledge Graham Bell's score, his his main titles um song that's playing through this. It's it's like childhood like creepy. It really adds to the mood, like this is going to be a really creepy, childlike, you know, terrorizing film. And that's exactly what this movie is. Um, <clears throat> and so this is all playing out to the opening credits. also cuts to a limousine uh, driving through uh, Chicago. And then it finally gets to the PlayPal's factory. And it's um, Mr. Sullivan. He's like the CEO of this good guy dolls, like this this company, PlayPals, the, the makers of the good guys. And it's it's him and his assistant, Madsen. And it's explained that at the, after the events of the first film, the cops, Mike Norris, who I mentioned, and his partner, who were both at, involved with the finale, they deny everything up and down, and. Karen is left to fend for herself with Andy. Of course, Andy and Karen are going to tell the truth, but no one's going to believe them, and even the cops are denying it now. It's kind of cruddy, but I wish they kind of would have dipped a little bit more into that, but again, this is not Karen's perspective. This is Andy's, and that kind of stuff is not, you know. He, um, so now Karen is basically put away in in a, a mental institution, and Andy is in this Uh, child services now in their hands. And to prove that this dial isn't what they say it is, they're going to put it back together and just to show that, hey, this is a regular old dial like any other dial in our line. So the last part of this um, assembly sequence is the eyes. And this machine puts them in um, and it kind of comes down and they got this doll on the table and it goes down this machine thing to its head. And then these like silver clamp things like go into its eyes. And first they open up and spread them. And then you see like the eyeballs get pushed, like inserted by this machine. Well, it gets stuck. And so the two technicians, the one guy is just smacking it a little bit, hitting it around to get it to work. And finally it does, but it electrocutes him to death while he's hitting it and while he finally hits it and it's it goes off and you see Chucky's eyes glowing red and it's like I mentioned before, like a Frankenstein like resurrection because you clearly know what's going on. And and this guy gets blasted through the observation window and dies and then the the power go out goes out for a little bit. And then basically what happens now is Madsen is now stuck to clean this up because Sullivan wants no part of it. He's disgusted by the whole ordeal, and he leaves the dial to in and tells him to clean this up. He doesn't want anyone just talking about it. <clears throat> yeah. This this never happened. So
2: that
1: makes sense. That exactly, that's not a good look. Um, and then we're introduced to Andy Barkley again, or reintroduced, I should say. He's playing a game of go fish with his psychiatrist. And the psychiatrist is asking if he wants to talk about it. And he tells Andy that talking makes the nightmares go away because Andy tells him he's having the nightmares still. So, you know, we get a firm understanding of what's been going on with Andy since the last... Since we saw him two years prior. And um, he's just trying his hardest to just... Believe that that never happened, even though we That's all know it God, did.
2: Yeah, and just be like a normal kid, make friends, live a normal life. Like, I, a lot of kids are
1: like that. Yeah, and, you know, he, he didn't want this. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so we get the medic's arriving, and Chucky's now on the floor. And like I said, this is when Sullivan tells Mattson to clean it up, the mess, cover it up, and uh, mm-hmm. leaves. And then we're introduced to the Simpsons, uh, Joanne and Phil. Not those Simpsons. <laughs> um, they are Andy's soon-to-be foster parents. They are talking to uh, Grace Poole. This is uh, Grace Zabriskie's character. She's like the head of the orphanage, more or less. And she's just trying to tell, convince the parents to take Andy, telling him that he's just a little boy trying to, you know... Be like any other kid, and uh, he's. She she assures him that Andy's fine now. She says that he just wants to get on with his life.
2: No kid wants to live in a adoption place all their life.
1: Yeah, but clearly we're see we see here that Phil's not like Phil is very hesitant. Mm-hmm. Phil kind of doesn't want to do this, but Joanne has is the heart of that relationship, obviously. And it's because of her, and that, and also a little bit of Grace's convincing, mm-hmm. that they end up with Andy, and we see them riding home in their little red station wagon. That's uh, little station wagon. Um, she's asking Andy, like, what his favorite, what his favorite food in the whole wild world is, he besides eggs. Yeah, besides chocolate, and then he says eggs,
2: scrambled eggs. <laughs>
1: And then she, she says his mom used to make him eggs. And then Phil starts to mention sushi as oh they're God, almost hit by sushi. a PlayPal truck. Sushi's my favorite food,
2: so I'd say yes to that. <laughs> <laughs>
1: so Phil stops suddenly and almost hits this truck, and then it's a PlayPal's truck, so it's this shot of it driving by. And Andy look over at the window. Andy's and looking sees. at it, and this is a little remembrance of the first film and he sees that little good guy doll logo. Very sad. Mm -hmm. No kid should be able to like should go through something like Andy did. Like
2: that's just
1: crazy. No kid deserves to have their dolls turn out to be stranglers. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Not every doll is a Lakeshore Strangler.
2: Not every doll has a random person's soul inside of it.
1: That's that Dumbella. <laughs> so <clears throat> Andy gets to the, the new ho- the, the the new house and so we will to talk about this home. This is a very Blue, like a very childhood blue, like boyhood, like that light blue color paint. In
2: his room.
1: No, the whole house. Oh, the wow. paint. I the was paint.
2: His room. <laughs> the
1: paint scheme, even his room. But the paint scheme mm-hmm. in the main house is like that blue and like light red. It's a very there's light, a lot light paint, of light colors. Paper. A lot of wallpaper. and like A lot a of light colors.
2: Details and all that. And there's a lot of old vintage stuff, like pictures and in the hallways.
1: And, and knickknacks, <laughs> like the one that um. He Andy sets his eyes on that Joanne and and Phil tell him that it used to be Joanne's. She says it was her grandmother's, and then it got passed down to her mother, and then her mother passed down to her. And then Andy's like, "Who are you gonna give it to?" And she kind of like awkwardly changes the subject real quick. Did they
2: mention like why she didn't
1: mention it? No, no she awkwardly changes the subject. Like like I, no, she doesn't. We don't.
2: She doesn't even. Know
1: no, why. she doesn't oh. even answer it. No, huh. after he asked her that. Um. And then they have mm-hmm. this. They send Andy up to his room, and then Joanne and Phil. Before, Phil's Phil Joanne asks Phil what he thinks, and he says that um he'll he get you, he'll get used to, use to him. Yeah.
2: And while Andy's walking up to his room, he doesn't know what door it is, so he goes into Kyle's room, and that's when we're introduced to Kyle right away.
1: Yes, this is Kyle's introdu- introduction. This is Christina Lise, um, <clears throat> his I guess foster sister, mm-hmm. we can say. Yeah. She's been there. She's, we find out Full she's 16 years old. She's been jumping from home to home. Where is she, 17? Uh,
2: I'm pretty sure she's 16. She okay. can drive. I know that. She can drive. She walks to school. Anywho, she's, like a she's 16, 16, 17. Yeah. She's like a
1: senior almost, or is. Anyhow, she um just established that she's been from home to home, and she hasn't been there that long herself because her bag's unpacked. It hasn't been unpacked because Joanne comes in and asks Kyle why she hasn't unpacked her bags and she says because she's going to be moving in a few weeks anyway so what's the point?
2: Cause, yeah, because she's been jumping like every week and all of that so I understand that. Um, Joanne- but she's also, after a while, she's moving... She's um going to move out anyways because I'm pretty sure she said she's next year she's going to her own place. That's right.
1: That. Yeah. yeah so she's
2: she, probably seventeen. And then
1: Joanna asked her to come stick around for dinner, and she says she can't. She has um she has work that night, and she um when she says she's been out every night of the week, she reminds her that she needs the money. She's going to be out on her own soon.
2: Get in her own place.
1: Yeah. So Andy now sees his new room and he's got a lot of toys
2: that's very different from kyle's room kyle's room is very plain andy's room is blue toys everywhere clowns clowns there's clowns in there like ah.
1: part of me wants to think that this was like this room was kind of recycled from the movie problem child or use yeah. because it has cuz junior has it they're both universal films and junior has um, clowns in, in his room
2: yeah that's what that's the first thing i thought of when i said clowns and i was like
1: wait <laughs> <laughs> that's funny
2: and then um the curtains the curtains are cool i like the curtains they're like it's a the sky there's clouds and then there's planes i like the i like the <laughs> curtains i would never get them but i like the <laughs> curtains
1: <laughs> So then Andy goes to the closet to check that out and he sees a skateboard sitting on top of the um, closet and he reaches up to grab it and then from behind falls down Tommy. a good guy down named hey, Tommy. Tommy. So
2: we're introduced to Tommy.
1: <laughs> yeah, well first he goes to run out and he stopped <laughs> by Phil right away and he says rule number two. Now i will move back up because rule number one rule
2: is number when Andy goes, touch. the
1: knickknacks, when he goes yeah. to touch the knickknack, he says rule number one, don't touch the old stuff.
2: Andy's not going to know it's old though. And <laughs>
1: rule number two is no running in the house.
2: I understand. Those are like normal things you'd hear as rules. Yeah. They're not too strict. Maybe the touching stuff I can understand for a little kid, but uh that one's a little over the top. But I, I understand it. It's an old thing. I'm, yeah. I something personally that if it's like. Very important to me, and I'm going to like pass it on throughout my life. I'm probably going to give it the... I'm probably going to hide it or something. Not put it out in the
1: open. Yeah. So then we cut to Madsen, uh, um, the assistant. He is the one stuck with Chucky. Mm -hmm. He's going out to his car. It's raining at night. Pouring down raining. Mm -hmm. And he gets Chucky. First, he tries to throw him in the stuff in the trunk. Now, for some reason, this guy's car is filled to the brim. Both his trunk and his backseat is cluttered well, with toys. I he doesn't work
2: at a good guy place. So. I
1: understand that, but that's an, that is an... A, a, Kind of a weird amount of toys for an adult to be driving around in with.
2: Especially, like, she's going to take them to? <laughs> because
1: he first tries to put Chucky in the trunk. Mm-hmm. And the door, the, the damn door won't even close of Chucky on top of the clutter back there. You That's how just, stuffed it is. He should
2: have just moved stuff from the trunk so, if he really didn't
1: want so, Chucky being. No, it was him. pouring down rain. He was being whatever. And he's in a hurry, too. He, so then he throws Chucky. The, he a little hangout with this girl. Yeah, he, he throws Chucky in the back seat. And exactly, he's calling his girlfriend, and and she she asked him if he remembered to get the vodka. He
2: was like, "Yeah, totally," and he didn't. <laughs> it's
1: the the vodka. Cause it says that it's their two week anniversary. That's what they're getting <laughs> together for. They're celebrating their two week anniversary. Wow. And she want, She reminds him to get the vodka. And he's like, I know what that make, does to you. And he goes and he gets the vodka. And he pay the it with a credit card. The guy's like, now you can tell right away, this is 1990. Because the clerk is like, cash only. Whereas today, a lot of places is like, card only.
2: He's not the escape of the mall. That was only cash. That was card There's
1: only. been, Especially with the pandemic, there's been a lot of places now of yeah. card only. And
2: it's, 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 it's just
1: tough. funny how t- 30 years ago, it was like... No, cash. no, no card. Just no cash, cash only. That hard, crisp cash. And, you know, gets the vodka, goes back out. Now, while he's in there getting the vodka, Chucky uses this dude's uh, car phone to call Grace at the orphanage, mm-hmm. saying that he's Andy's Uncle, Uncle Charles. Charles.
2: And isn't that, like, that his actual
1: name? Charles, Charles. right, yeah, yeah. yeah. But... She gives it to him.
2: That's the stupidest thing. You need evidence. She gives it to him.
1: Cause what happens is, you know, the next Joanne uh, no, um, Chucky gets he holds a he holds a gun to, to Madsen's head while he's driving, but Madsen thinks it's an actual gun, but in reality it's a score gun. gun. <laughs> Madsen doesn't know that. He thinks it's a real gun. So Chucky, like first gets in the pullover. And we get a shot of them driving past the Simpson house, mm-hmm. and I gotta stop calling this the Simpson house because it just Simpsons. sounds Andy's house. We'll just say Andy's house. He drives by Andy's house, and they go to like this park, this like empty parking lot in the park, mm-hmm. and like he right like across the street. ties his arms up behind the uh, the, tr- the the seat mm-hmm. with a uh, jump rope, and then. Squirts. He's like bang, Dead. and they they share a laugh for a minute. Meanwhile, this is all going on. He doesn't even acknowledge the fact that there's a doll doing all of this because he can clear, He can see from his mirror, his rearview mirror, and that it's Chucky. Mm-hmm. So, they're sharing a laugh after Chucky squirts him with the, in the face with a squirt gun, and then suddenly he suffocates him from behind with a pl- plastic bag. He puts it over the Mattson's head um, while his arms are tied up. And then that's um we cut back to the home Joanne is singing Andy a lullaby after uh, cuz you know she's no, reading she's, reading, she's a story. reading Hansel and Gretel first
2: and then
1: Andy asks says he misses she, his yeah. Andy says he misses his mother and then says that she used to sing for him so she starts singing for him and we get this pov shot from outside it's clearly chucky running mm-hmm. up to the door you see his hand reach out to the handle and then cut back to joanne singing this lullaby to andy and then the next shot is my favorite shot in the entire film hands down it's this yeah this this uh this shot that pans from the room upstairs and then it slowly pans you can hear joanne singing the song and it's, like, it's it's panning. You've got Graham Ravel's like, creepy score kind of playing with this this lullaby. And then it's panning and panning. And then it pans out to the main living room from upstairs. And then you like, like kind steps. of, like, you down the steps. the steps. Yeah. You see, like, from down the steps, Chucky in the staring. dark. And it's, like, lightning outside. So there's flashes of lightning throughout the house. And there's just Chucky standing there from the distance. And it's, like it's like this beautifully creepy eerie like scary shot that i love so much and then <clears throat> and suddenly he turns and he's interrupted by tommy
2: and the, he's like he needs to shut that thing up cuz it's just going off and people are going to be confused of why yeah tommy's
1: on. just going off cuz he says shut up you idiot and hits him and then he goes and then he knocks tommy down and then tommy starts going haywire so he's, and like he's
2: even louder now so he obviously has to
1: he takes this knick-knack that that andy was fixated on earlier and he breaks it over time to- he hits tommy over the head with it, it until until it finally breaks both tommy's face and this knick-knack both break together
2: going to hurt you. So he buries it in the backyard. In the backyard, he buries under this the thing. Under the stupidest spot to bury somebody. Uh, <laughs> that's the... Like, is there no kids? And that obviously... Because it's under a swing set. And obviously kids are going to be...
1: What happened to the swing
2: what about the swing?
1: When he was burying it.
2: Was it gone? He could uh, have just threw it over the tree.
1: True. Um, yeah, he buries Tommy in the backyard, where in the dirt uh, spot where the uh, swing is, or the just the tree swing is, mm-hmm. and just laughing maniacally outside with the, the 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 wind and the the lightning flashing. And
2: somehow nobody. Some scary hears stuff.
1: Us. Yeah, no one can hear like, it because um, of the lightning. Duh, well, there's always yeah, a distraction.
2: I'd hear it first thing. <laughs> like I'd be scared. Look outside, see a dog. Uh, <laughs> I'm done.
1: And then right, and then it immediately cuts to the next morning at the dinner at the breakfast table. Um, Phil just puts the uh, shattered knickknack on the table and asks the two, Colin uh, and Andy, which one of them did it. When they both deny it, that's when uh, he grounds them both. Even though uh, Kyle, Kyle has a date, Kyle has a date, and he says, "I'm sorry." But
2: she, she still goes. To- no, because they go
1: to the next scenes. The um, in the, in the laundry room, and there it's it's Kyle and Andy in the laundry room. She blames him, and he responds with a joke, asking her, um, "Hey, want me to see, want You want to hear me say your name backwards?"
2: And he turns around. And and he he just turns around
1: and says, "Kyle, that's that's the joke." (laughs) So she asks him to hold his cigarette um, while she folds up some of her laundry. Not thinking like
2: this is a kid.
1: (laughs) Yeah, they don't know what this is. And he takes a hit, (laughs) and he starts coughing. She like grabs it, and she's like. Asking him why he would do that. And he's like, why do you make bad choices? But he says, just
2: didn't. I was like, says, because she's a grown-up. Why do you
1: up. make bad choices? And um, he's asking her about Phil. And she's actually standing up for Phil a little bit. Saying that Phil's not so bad. And then um, next scene is Andy going upstairs to uh, get the Tommy doll. Uh, after eavesdropping a little bit on Phil and Joanne... Uh, Phils kind of casting doubt on the whole situation
2: because of the trucky thing mainly like I can understand but it.
1: Joanne kind of like but... yeah um but joanne's just you know saying she kind of likes him and just just basically asking him to be patient
2: she kind of she says
1: she says i kind of she says besides I kind of like him. and that's when we hit get the shot of Andy after he's done eavesdropping, Mm -hmm. come out and goes into the other room where Tommy, well, it's Chucky. He thinks it's Tommy. It's actually Chucky.
2: And like no one questions how he randomly comes upstairs right as they stop talking.
1: In a hilarious moment where Tommy, sorry, Chucky looks at Mm -hmm. Andy and playing the the Tommy form in his his little doll manner goes, hi, I'm, I'm and slightly hesitates and looks over and glances and goes, because he forgets for a split second and goes, hi, I'm. Tommy and I'm yeah. your friend to the end. Hilarious: Hi, I'm
2: Tommy, and I'm your friend to the end. Heidi ho ha
1: <laughs> Because even though because he, he, he hesitates and then he also like looks over like
2: That's the first thing uh, I've realized is this is not Tommy, like <laughs> no well,
1: Andy does get a little suspicious, and yeah. then we see him flip him over to check his batteries, and yeah, that's kind of a callback to the first film when mm-hmm. when uh, Andy's mom checks and the batteries aren't there. This time they are.
2: Chucky doesn't need batteries because he's a living person mm-hmm. inside a doll. Once
1: he sees the batteries, he's relieved, and then starts taking Tommy ever everywhere with him, it's, um, going back into the basement, and then. He acknowledges Phil and Joanne so they can look at him to see that he's got Tommy and he's not scared anymore. Um, and it impresses them. And then we have Andy and Kyle in the backyard.
2: But like, uh, they're not even going to question how, like, right after they got done at, like with that conversation, he randomly comes out and then holds the doll and then leaves. Like, obviously, he overheard them. That's the first thing I would have thought
1: of. Eh, I think it went over their heads.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> So, there's, uh, Andy and Kyle, Kyle's uh, gardening, Andy's on the swing, and then Kyle asks for, Kyle takes a little break and wants to get on the swing, and she does, and Andy starts pushing her. Meanwhile, Chucky's sat up in the background.
2: Like, eyes sitting wide up, open. Sitting up on a
1: rock, and he's looking over at what they're, her, she...
2: feet's, like...
1: her feet's essentially kicking the dirt, and he's kind of like, his eyes get all big, because he's kind of worried, like, oh shoot, did I bury that deep enough? Like...
2: I know it's, he's <laughs> getting
1: nervous. It's it's kind of a it's a funny moment. And
2: that's where it, like comes into the stupid. Like that's when you realize this is the stupidest Spot I buried somebody.
1: Yeah, it's like that moment of regret from Chucky.
2: <laughs> you wanna like like, but there was a woods. I'm pretty sure there was woods like near there or something. Yeah. Like eh, put it in.
1: Technically, the woods, he can do it a lot of things. You can just throw it away. can yeah. Do a many things. But then, but, like, if
2: someone took the trash out, they would have seen
1: but it. But so. he was obviously buried there for a reason which we will get to later the next shot is andy in bed at night the camera slowly pans up to chucky It's a close-up shot um and then suddenly andy wakes up and he's got a sock in his mouth and his legs and arms are tied to all four uh, posts of his bed and this is where chucky begins to start the uh Dembella ritual while when, while Joanne and Phil are in the other room. Joanne is yeah. sewing a blouse for Kyle, and yeah, what were we gonna say? And that's
2: when uh, that's when Andy realizes like this is Chucky, this is not Tommy, and he should have never picked up that doll. Yeah,
1: and then Kyle uh, suddenly. Uh, comes to the rescue. She sneaks back into the house. Like, you were right. She does go on mm-hmm. that date. Yeah, I heard that. She uh, gets back into the house uh, through Andy's window and that's what cuts yeah, Chucky off and uh, Chucky warns him that uh, they're not finished. He's going to get them. And, uh, yeah. Uh, basically, what happens next is those, uh, Andy gets all loud and punches Chucky after Kyle untie- starts untying him and then
2: and Kyle's just like, shh. <sighs>
1: Phil comes in and 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 she and it's like it's a not a good sight for Kyle not 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 good at all. Because Phil comes in and yeah, it's like this. The he walks into Kyle, looks like she's tying him to go out, but in reality she's untying him and wondering what the hell is going on. How he tied himself to the bed? There's a lot of questions in this at this very moment in the movie. Well, obviously he
2: if like he can't. So, it's either Kyle
1: or Chucky. Which one are they going to bully like- you? Exactly. And, uh, whoa.
2: Hmm.
1: Well, this is something. What? Live in the middle of our recording, we have a brand new president of the United States. Oh, right. That is something. Wow. <laughs> no, seriously, guys. We're recording this on Saturday the 7th and... Literally, the news just hit as we're recording this that Joe Biden is officially number 46. Congratulations. There's four years. Ugh, not political. We're not political.
2: <laughs> this is not a political podcast.
1: I, yeah. That's, yeah. Oh you God, had it, folks. To
2: Biden's president.
1: Change here, he. All right. Um, Phil takes Chucky. And well, thinking it's Tommy and to the basement, he throws him down the basement and this is uh, and turns out the light. Now, this is my favorite part of this scene is the excellent light transition in the dark when Phil turns the cellar light off, because when he closes the when he turns the light off and closes the door, the, the lighting with, from the, uh, the window is shining down on Chucky and like the way it, it transitions from when the light goes out. It's like it's, it's really cool. And we, it's revealed that Chucky has a nosebleed from this. So he's starting to turn more human. Uh, next morning, Andy and Kyle are going to school. They're having a one-on-one together. Um, Kyle is asking him, you know, what was going on last night? You know, how the hell did you even end up tying yourself like that? He keeps on trying to tell her that it was Chucky. And he says, um, you're just like everyone else. You don't believe me either. And then Andy's – this is Andy's first day of school um, at his new school, at least. Um, his teacher's name is Mrs. Kettlewell, played by Beth Grant. Now, this is – there's a kid that's bullying Andy. We see him on the bus at first. When Andy gets on the bus, like, oh
2: it's please. kind of
1: a Forrest mode, but no one's giving him a seat to sit down. And, like, this kid, as he's walking by – pushes him, like, out of nowhere. Like, what the hell is that about? And then later on in school, this kid's sitting right behind Andy in class, and then all of a sudden, while Miss Kettlewell's reading the story, this kid flicks him in the back of Andy's ear, and Andy's like, get lost, microchip. That's what he says to him. Well,
2: let's go back to that bus scene. Andy sits in the back of the bus, and kids- Oh, I
1: forgot about what happened. Yes, after- yes. Kids- thank you.
2: Kids nowadays would love to sit in the back that is the go-to spot <laughs> and there's no kids in the back of the bus and I am the most confused person of why there isn't like is the front of the bus the place to go now like
1: maybe it or, was in 1990 I, I could say I know- personally speaking the bus the back of the bus was always the coolest.
2: yeah <laughs> the cool
1: spot sorry
2: yeah because that's the place like if you want to do something bad or whatever like that's the place you it's hard to get caught because the camera. If there's cameras on the bus, it's usually in the middle, not in the back.
1: There were no cameras in 1990 on the
2: buses. Well, there are now, and that's why people go in the back now. Now, <laughs>
1: so. I forgot to mention that when the bus takes off, there's a there's a shot of Chucky's legs dangling from underneath the bus as it's pulling away. Mm-hmm. So Chucky's now following them to school. Um. So anyway, this cool this this kid. Flicks Andy, get lost microchip, and then Miss Kettlewell interrupts, and not up to a good start between the two of them, her and Andy. Meanwhile, it cuts to the kids at recess and Chucky in the classroom going through all the papers, all the tests, mm-hmm. and he finds Andy's and he has this, like, really, like, sadistic look on his face. And then it cuts back to Miss Kettlewell as she's, you know, Wrapping up class, the bell rings. The kids go to, to leave, papers. and then all the right, right, Charlie, as soon as oh, that right. bell rings, she goes right to her desk to hit them papers.
2: And also, while like she sees the one paper, and then while um Andy's getting his stuff, he opens up his little drawer thing and sees Chucky.
1: But that's what happened. No, I'm him. getting that that before that happens is what she goes to where she goes to the desk to read the papers as soon as the bell rings. And she gets the handies, and it's written in, in red. It just says Fuck "you bitch," and, 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 and um, <laughs> have then to, I have to kind of center myself there. Yeah. And um, yeah, it, it angers her because yes, at this is when. Andy opens up the little cubby, he pulls it open, and then Chucky's sitting there in dial form and he backs up into Miss Kettlewell, and she grabs him and she's like, You think this is funny? And she shows it to him and he's like, I didn't do but that. Like, you
2: think a kid at eight years old has that good of a handwriting? And Not only that, but like it has
1: that language, like can talk like that. Yeah, like what eight-year-old. And knows
2: how to spell all this. But like, also like, you think like, where would he get like that blood kind of marker type on that paper? Like
1: I, what, where... I I, well, yeah, I never thought about that. You're right.
2: Yeah. But so I don't.
1: I don't think he'd do it like that though. But
2: I'm sure she didn't either, because like something. <laughs> it's a teacher. Like no one expects
1: she was that. That shock value of like even that being said, let alone like, like whoa. how it was written. <laughs> it's like what it actually says is what matters.
2: I take it more calmly though. Like what if he so, doesn't know what it
1: means? So. She locks, she goes to call his house in the principal's office, and she locks him in the classroom. She literally locks him with the keys inside, from outside. She locks him in while she goes to call his, his, his parents.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, number one, that's illegal as hell. Number two, the, there was a fire. <laughs> I
2: think that, yeah, because then he wouldn't be able to get out.
1: So, oh, before she does this, she, yeah, before she does this, she locks, she, I, I forgot to mention, she throws Chuckie in the closet and locks, closes that and locks it.
2: No toys.
1: And, yeah, no toys, head down. She tells him to put his head down. And she leaves. And meanwhile, and Andy goes slowly, starts walking up to the closet door. And then he puts his head down to the keyhole to look inside. And... An amazing shot of Chucky's eye like just eyeball going. It just randomly coming randomly in. swinging in saying, "peekaboo." It's a little jump and scare. Andy just like Tries to run away. The doors are locked. And meanwhile, Chucky's saying, like, please, Andy. I was only playing. Open the goddamn door. (laughs) Saying stuff like that.
2: Andy gets out by the window. Yeah, he gets out the window. Yes. And maybe if she really wanted to lock him in the classroom, she'd have locked the window.
1: (laughs) He's just going ballistic on this door trying to get the handle
2: open. (laughs)
1: Meanwhile, Andy's just...
2: Gone.
1: (laughs) Yeah, exactly.
2: And then the teacher comes back. Mm-hmm. And she's Andy's not in there so she thinks he's in the closet
1: Yeah, she comes back in and, and Chucky's still in the closet going crazy yeah. and, and then he she stops thinks that he it's in. I mean like, how does how did Andy if she thinks it's Andy it's one thing but how he, does she think Andy like got inside
2: because there's like this little hole he have to put his hand into and his hand's not that small like right. how and the doorknobs like still locked. So how would he get in there and somehow lock himself in? And then all of a sudden, when she gets in there, he's hiding apparently. Like
1: yeah. So she gets in the closet, and he's nowhere to be found. And she's looking around, telling him to come on out. And then finally, she a a a, a ball drops, and she reaches up to put the ball back. And then right from in front of her, Chucky pops out with a pump, with an air pump. And he strikes her in the chest with this air pump. Now, I never understood this part because he hits her with the air pump. In reality, that would kill her. The air, if he pumps air into someone like that right away, that kills kills you. That gives you an embolism or aneurysm or something like that. I'm no doctor, but I'm 90% sure that's like a death blow alone. But no, she's still good because she's on the ground crawling away and Chucky... Love this shot so much. This is one of many shots I love in this movie. The cinematography is so beautiful. It's Chucky coming out slowly, walking out towards her with a very large yardstick and uh, saying that you've been very bad, Miss Kettlewell. And she's like screaming into air as he slowly walks towards her with this mean, sadistic, crazy look in his eyes and and crap it's 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 bizarre it's i love it and he approaches her and then he just starts striking her with it now the unique thing about this shot is he strikes her once. you don't see the actual impact the contact you just see the stick come up in the air raised up and go down and her screaming first strike And then the second strike you see from outside the window. And then the third strike you see, it pulls back even further past the uh, schoolyard. And then there's a final shot that's even further back. And if you look closely, thank God for HD these days, you can actually see him striking her like two or three times Like from the last shots. It hangs on for about five, six seconds. And if you look closely, you can see the stick go up and down two or three times. So that's, um, yeah, that's, that's how she gets hers. And then Phil and Joanne, uh, they encounter Andy about this Kettlebell calling them. Uh, Phil ends up taking Andy to the basement door and makes him open it. He's, he doesn't, <laughs> he, and so then Phil does it for him instead. And we see Chucky at the bottom of the steps. But of course we think it's, or he thinks it's Tommy And he tells Andy that he's been there since last night. Cut to Phil and Joanne arguing in their room about Andy needing serious help and how he's tearing them all apart. Joanne is still defending Andy at this moment. And the two argue when Kyle goes into Andy's room for the two of them to talk, she cheers him up and to tell him that he'll be okay no matter what happens because he basically... compares him to her or or whatever, saying that she's been between families her entire life but she's still strong. He's going to be too. Um, Andy tells her that she can only count on herself. Andy will be also be able to. And yeah, next moment is Andy just basically, he's had enough. Mm -hmm. Goes to the kitchen, everyone's in bed, and he grabs himself a Electric Carver. (laughs) Hey, whatever you got to use for a weapon. I guess when you're eight years old. I
2: mean, there were knives, but...
1: (laughs) He wants to get that carver. And he goes to the basement. Now, I've always thought when I was watching this as a kid, this was one of the most intense moments of the film for me. Because it's just your Mm -hmm. typical... Going around. You don't know where
2: Chucky is when he's going to. You know
1: there's going to be a scare, you just don't know when it's going to happen. So it's Andy going around the basement looking around for Chucky for a few minutes, um, opening up the laundry room, the the laundry machine, and um, the dryer and everything. And then finally, Chucky reveals himself. He jumps on his back. The two are fighting around. He's trying to carve (laughs) them, but to no avail. Um, They're fighting, struggling. Uh, This alerts Phil. Phil hears a noise. He still
2: goes to check it out even though Julianne thinks it's nothing. But. You know I understand that.
1: Because horror movies.
2: Mm -hmm. (laughs) I I would say don't investigate. Let that killer in your house be in your
1: house. Phil does. He (laughs) goes to that basement door. He goes to that basement door. And he uh, starts walking down. Because he sees Andy with the carver. And he tells him to put it down. And he's slowly walking towards him. Meanwhile, Chucky is underneath (laughs) the steps with this... With
2: this anchor... This big
1: anchor hook. And, uh, yeah. He basically yanks him from his ankle and holds him upwards somehow. And says, uh... How's it hanging, Phil? And lets him go. And Phil falls falls to the ground head first, breaking his neck and killing him instantly. Phil's dead. He is dead. And then Joanne, and Joanne, and... Joanne goes and sees what happens, and she—well, sure. Joanne screams. For...
2: That's when Kyle comes out of nowhere. <laughs>
1: like no, jo... no, Joanne screams out for um. What Kyle comes out of nowhere?
2: Because what happened? I'm pretty sure what happened was Kyle was in that scene too. Joanne screamed. Kyle.
1: No. Kyle was in that scene. But it didn't come out from out of nowhere. I mean, came out from out of nowhere. Oh she God. screamed. She... Kyle showed up. That was yeah. <laughs> <laughs> weird. Um, and they yeah, had the police come. I mean, Joanne wants no part of Andy anymore. Wait, she has totally flipped on Andy.
2: I mentioned this yesterday too. Why would you think a kid could do all of this?
1: Because reasons? I don't know.
2: Like, a kid, no! A kid can't randomly take somebody by the, like, the ankle and just kill them. Like, kids aren't that strong and creative. Like, no offense to kids, but, like, no. That's not possible, and you can't do that.
1: I can't argue that. I really, I've got got no argument.
2: Like, I, like, sure, Andy's a smart kid, but he's not that smart.
1: He's a murderer!
2: No, like, just, what? Like, I
1: don't... Killed all the people from the first movie. (laughs) That high body count. Yeah, alright. So, basically, police are there. Medics are there. Grace is there to pick Andy back up because he's getting sent back to the orphanage. Mm. So then, yeah, Andy goes back to the orphanage. And we see everyone's gone. This is later on in the evening. Kyle is outside by herself, on a swing. Um...
2: After throwing away the the Chucky, the actual
1: Chucky doll. Yeah, she throws Chucky in the trash can and then goes and smokes a cigarette on the swing outside. Um, and yeah, she's swinging and finally, uh, Tommy's foot is revealed through the dirt. She pulls it up to see Tommy and his shattered face. And as soon as she sees that, she hears the trash can lid, um crash from behind and she turns around goes to the trash can and
2: investigate
1: yeah
2: like everybody does and she
1: finally gets there and what happens what happens when she gets there
2: Chucky is gone yes he
1: is and as soon as she notices that he's gone she hears commotion through the window upstairs from Joanne's room so Chucky's no longer not only gone but he's gotten to Joanne and she Goes, grabs a knife, arms herself, and, and goes to the room to Here's investigate. What
2: was the point of killing Joanne when you're going after Andy? Uh, What's Joanne gonna do? you basically because, she's on Chucky's side. Because by he's a serial shooting.
1: killer. Yeah, I don't know. That's why he did it. Because he's he is a serial killer. That's who Charles LeRae Ray is. So yeah, that's why he killed Joanne. He kills everybody. That's what serial killers do. They just kill. Okay, your face is a serial killer. I eat
2: serial,
1: so... Kyle goes into the room and sees Joanne's body, which... So, Joanne has got her throat slit. She's got yarn, not yarn. She's got a cloth tied around her neck. She's got a thing wrapped around her mouth. She's bound around. She's... As dead as Dillinger, I kind of wish I would have. They would have shown this death scene, but it's an off-screen kill, unfortunately. Um, and she backs up into the bed. Chucky reveals himself to the sheet, and they have another struggle together, her and Kyle, or him and Kyle. And it basically, she gets him off of her, and he's under the bed. And she goes to go for the knife. And you see his hand pop out from under the bed and pull the knife in. So now he's got that going. And she goes to run away and he trips her. And he's now he has Kyle captive. So he's going to use Kyle to get to Andy. And this is the car ride with Chucky and Kyle. He's giving her grief because she's not going fast enough. And uh, she ends up going fast. And getting pulled over in the process. She didn't so even she,
2: go as fast. If you really look at it, she just speeded up like an inch.
1: Yeah, but by an inch. Like
2: another inch, I don't know. She speeded up like a little bit.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's worth mentioning the cop that pulls them over is played by the late Matt Rowe. He was uh, one of the main um, uh, psychics named Frank from Puppet Master, another killer doll film from the year before. Um, she's wowed by the fact that she's got a good guy doll. She says, she tries to throw the whole going on a date excuse. He ain't buying it. Tells her she has to do better than that. And then he gets amazed by the sight of Chucky. And he's like, oh, it's one of the good guy dolls. That's so awesome. He, and, so awesome. And then she notices he notices that his like nose is starting to bleed. And he's like, hey, what, what the heck is that? And. Kyle's like, you yeah, know I've the doll's- seen
2: a doll that pees this one, bleeds. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and he's like, yeah, whatever, hands the license back and just gives her a warning. And she goes, <clears throat> leaves.
2: Bye, deuces. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, Chucky's giving her griefs again, and she ends up putting her seatbelt on speeding up the car to the point where she hits the brakes, slams on the brakes, making Chucky fly through the windshield. And then she This ba- is
2: our chance to kill it. Yeah, she
1: tries to ram him and misses because he dives out of the way and she ends up hitting the fence and he regains the upper hand. He's
2: under the car, I'm pretty sure, because I'm pretty sure it's his point of view under the car.
1: He's under the car, over the car. He he gets her again with the knife. That doesn't stab her, by the no. way. He, he recaptures her basically and forces he puts her to knife uh. To her throat. Yeah, and says playtime is over. <laughs> and then cut to the orphanage scene. Andy's in his room. The um fire fire alarm goes off, so all the kids are going outside. Andy's starting to go out when he's going down the steps. Mm-hmm. He sees Kyle holding Chucky, and Chucky's in doll form at this moment. Mm-hmm. But he has from. We notice the shot from behind. He actually has his knife yeah. up to Kyle's head, um, <clears throat> and yeah, Grace comes out and she asks Andy why he's not out with the rest of the kids.
2: And then she sees Kyle and asks if Kyle did it. And then Kyle did the move. Andy did this whole movie and said Chucky did it.
1: No, she doesn't say that. She just she says, she says Chuck- he did it.
2: Or he, needed, did but yeah, like, he did it. Yeah, he did it. It's Chucky. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. It's, it's yeah. Chucky. It's basically the same thing
1: with the different You're right. Names. You're right. I'm sorry. <laughs> so she's like, whatever. That's <laughs> she's. That's basically her attitude. Today, her um, response to it is, whatever. Go to my office. All of you. We're all going to the office. And then she just takes the... She, they all get into the office. And then she immediately takes Chucky...
2: And he's not happy And he And
1: he turns to life and just says, amazing, isn't it? And just stabs her a bunch of times in the chest. We get a a few close-up shots of her uh, being stabbed. And then she, like, collapses over top of the copier. And her face is just all on paper. Yeah, yeah. And it's a funny moment. And Chucky kind of, like, combat rolls out of the way. And when Andy and uh, Kyle go, go out hand by hand, she goes to pull him out of the room. And, and Chucky, Chucky says, quickly no closes, way. The door, closes the door, separating the two. The door is locked. So Kyle's now out in the hallway trying to get back inside. Andy's got, I mean, Chucky has Andy captive now. Uh, they go outside and he makes Andy uh, take a hop onto a newspaper truck that's about to leave
2: no questions why there's a random kid on a newspaper truck.
1: (laughs) Because they got bigger fish to fry. They got that...
2: Fire. That big fire going on, man. Huge fire.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So Kyle pickpockets her way back into the room, notices that they're gone. So she takes off after them, getting back in the car. Because she notices that they're in the back of the newspaper truck as it's driving away. So she runs back to the station wagon. And, and then
2: it starts, she goes, she's like right at the tail of that person.
1: She's she's on the newspaper truck's butt mm-hmm. honking, flashing her beams. And
2: Chucky sees, Chucky and sees, sees it. Like, oh, come on or something like Chucky that. Chucky flips
1: it. her off. He gives her the bird in a pretty funny moment. Um, fun fact, that's where I first learned what the middle finger meant. <laughs> Because I saw this movie and I was just going around giving people the finger for like two, three weeks out No, I'm, this is a true story. I am not making this up to care to the audience. 100%. Ask, you're going to see Uncle Jimmy later on. Ask him. He's the one who corrected Uncle- me. Jimmy and Uncle Jimmy. Oh, I didn't
2: know they were coming down.
1: Okay. So he went. I, I was going around for weeks after I first saw this movie. Just flipping off the middle finger, not not knowing <laughs> what it was. Like I thought it was just funny. And I was doing that, and it was my uncle, of all people, who was like, uh, don't be doing that. Like, you can't be doing that. And, then, like, he kind of, like, in a PG manner explained to me why I couldn't do it. And, you know, that, that's... I
2: remember how Mom explained it to me. She went straight, did it to me, and then explained <laughs> <laughs> it. What? No, because I remember the first... I was actually... It wasn't... It was when I... My apartment I live in now. It was then. It was, like, when we first moved in. Right. And I did it on a video because I didn't know what it meant. I oh, like, I,
1: remember I remember that. Yeah. Oh my God, I
2: remember that. Yeah, Jesus. I was oh. I did it on a video. I went. Mom called me and was like, "Give Josh your phone and computer now." I was like, "Okay." And I told Josh, and he was like, "Do you know what that means?" I was like, "No." And then I remember I we went. Mom took me into my room, sat on my bed, and she just did it to me. And she went, "You know what this means?" I went, "No." And she went, "I know you do." <laughs> and then she she was like. <laughs> And then she told me what it meant. I was like, okay.
1: How does she word it?
2: She literally just told me what it meant. Like, I can't say it, but like she seriously, right. she just said it. I was All like, right. oh, okay.
1: <laughs> nice little sidebar.
2: <laughs> of our stories about how we first learned.
1: Um, To the truck, eventually uh, she, she cuts the truck off uh, by pulling out in front of it and slamming on her brakes um He's conveniently not, at the play Pal at the the uh play like toys right at the faculty at the factory they were going mm-hmm. well no, they were just mm-hmm. they it was hap- like
2: right there, like right next to them. So Yeah. so it well, was a little run, a little Andy, Andy and
1: Chucky run across the street to the fact of the uh the good guy doll factory, uh play pal toys, mm-hmm. and Kyle follows suit. When Andy and Kyle Andy and Kyle, when Andy and Chucky get in there, Chucky knocks Andy out. And goes to perform the damballa ritual. Close your eyes and count to seven. When you wake, you'll be in heaven. <laughs> this is it, world.
0: From now on, no more Mr. Good Guy. Ade do we damballa? give me the power I beg of you (laughs) Le Mercier de poids Chaiot S'accousent et en mes poids des morts Mortisme men. A delay, Porta was Satan Bella. A delay, Porta was Satan Bella. A delay, Porta was Satan
1: Bella. We get the cool shot of the storm clouds forming from above the uh, factory. Um, It's getting all dark and stormy and he's doing the ritual, getting louder and louder and he finishes the ritual Mm -hmm. and finally finishes his ritual after two films. Finally gets to the end but his damn nose is still bleeding meaning it did not work. He is now trapped in the Chucky body and he is pissed. He's yelling about being trapped in there forever. About to go into a big, dark, angry rant when all of a sudden from up above a bunch of good guy dolls' boxes get knocked down um, from Kyle knocking them over onto Chucky because he's yelling. And he looks up and he's like, what the hell? And then he gets smashed by like five or six boxes. And she runs down grabs Andy and pulls him away so they can get... Get the heck out of there. And Chucky like breaks out of the mountain of boxes. Like real now his look on his face is like just ferocious. This man's about to kill, kill, kill. Or this doll, I should say, rather. And now this is awesome because this I love this set design. Because it's like a maze. The way these boxes are all forming and they're trying to get out. They're like going through a path, they're hitting a dead end, going back, making another turn, going through this, hitting, it's, it's, it's a maze structure. It's, it's awesome. It's kind of like going back to the, the childlike essence of this film. So they're going around and they finally get out of this maze and they enter this big assembly line of dolls being manufactured. And there's this, like a little roller section with boxes that are rolling down the rollers to the conveyor belt that leads up to another room. So the two of them go to climb up this thing to escape. And at this part, Kyle says, stay with me and goes up first instead of... I don't know. Maybe letting Andy go f- ahead because yeah. you're the big girl here, and Andy's a little eight-year-old. But hey, you can't
2: really climb if you think about
1: it. Yeah. So they go. They climb up this thing, and of course, Kyle gets to the top successfully. You think Andy's going to as well, and she. In, in fact, he is almost perfectly successful in grabbing her hand, but nope. Slips and goes back down. And I love this focus shot. When Alex Vincent's face. As he's sliding back down the assembly line roller. Um, And as soon as he gets to the bottom. Chucky pops out of course. At the bottom. Still angrier than hell from before. And Andy starts climbing back up again. As Chucky is. Diving his knife into the rollers. To get himself up. And chase. And when they finally, when Andy finally gets up to uh, the top, Kyle pulls him out and lets, pulls this lever to release this, uh, this emergency gate mm-hmm. that falls down onto Chucky's hand. And that's how they get away. But then Chucky has to, he's got no choice because he's a doll and he's got to pull this thing and, and turn it, rips, slowly rips his hand, tears his hand off because it's caught in this gate and this really really bloody gnarly it's a doll not a human but still it's real it's real enough like it's i, I love this effect it's it's really bloody and ugh, it's gnarly as hell dude i'm 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 a fan I love the effects in this and this this whole gimmick here is no exception and what does he do with it well, he takes the knife that he had and he takes the pulls the handle off and kind of clamps it down. And then he proceeds to insert his bloody stub into the handle arm of this knife, making a knife hand. And then he just wraps it around nice and tight with some duct tape. And um, it's kind of like a pissed off pirate, like a, like a pirate doll from hell. I hate kids. Uh. Indian and Kyle reach this eyeball placement of the assembly line to get to this emergency exit they see. And it's like I mentioned in the beginning of the film when they're putting Chucky together, there's like this machine that comes down to insert the eyeballs. Well, the assembly line has one as well on this conveyor belt. So Kyle gets through it as uh, it's stopping and, and and putting the thing down to put the eyeballs in. And she finally gets Andy to come through it. And they get to the emergency exit, but it won't open. Now, in turn, I'm going to bring this up to begin with because this causes a backup on the line. A bunch of, like, a mountain of dials where there's supposed to be this machine thing one by one, but no, it can't. So that alerts the technician who comes out and starts. He, first, he removes all the, the, the entire mountain of dials And then he gets down underneath there and starts working on it. And when he thinks he has the machine fixed, he sits up and Chucky's there. And Chucky slashes the guy's face and he falls back. The clamps come down on his head. And the machine comes down and gives homeboy a fresh set of doll eyes. (laughs) Some wicked stuff here. Really. Ugh. Uh so Andy and Kyle now discover this. I call it a body parts assembly box. It's like this machine that that's it's positioned pretty high up above that the conveyor belt kinda like goes in upward position. And it this is the machine that gives the doll arms and legs and stuff. And um Andy, what happens here after they watch it, uh what it does, Andy walks into a button that causes a backup on the line, and
2: there's like this.
1: Thing. No, no, no he, he, I'm sorry, before I'm I'm sorry, I got ahead of myself. Before that, he he um is about to get his head scolded with this dripping hot plastic that is yeah. dripping down, and Kyle has to pull him back. Um, and then Andy accidentally walks into a button that makes the um.
2: There's like a the, alarm the, that goes. Yeah, off. the alarm
1: goes off exactly, and everything. And that's
2: what obviously backs up. Kyle's like. Okay, Chucky knows we're
1: here now. Or something, well, right? uh, yeah, exactly. It's not so much that, but because what happens is, what happens now is the thing backs up into the box, and it reasserts body parts all over the place, and then it mm-hmm. comes out looking like it's it the 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 sight. It's like body parts all over the place when this like poor doll, and while they're watching that. Chucky has disguised himself as one of the Dollars on the belt and he's coming down behind Kyle and Andy but he gives himself up before he can do anything he starts laughing which alerts Kyle which knocks him He she, she like hits him and then this uh, this hair like uh, thing of part of the machine like, like kind of staples him down to the seat that he's on and then they knock... They hit the button. Andy hits the button. And this... The, the conveyor belt takes Chucky into this assembly box. And he just gets... you think that he's going to get all these body parts like shoved into him and whatnot. But what actually happens is... There's a... Before he goes up, actually, there's a little callback to an earlier scene. With Chucky flipping her off. Kyle now in turn flips Chucky off. As he's in this box. And... I should also I got ahead of myself because it's also worth mentioning that while Chucky's in this box and it's going off, shout out to Brad Dourif and his outstanding voice work because the man is like pleading to death, like God it hurts and, and stuff like that. Like you can really feel the feel the pain of Chucky, like just through Brad's voice alone in this moment. <laughs> Thinking they've killed Chucky, um, we, we next see a trail of blood from under, underneath the assembly box that leads to a cable wrap. And as Kyle and Andy are walking away, suddenly the body of the technician, Chucky was able to hoist him up, and he get, knocks Kyle out onto the conveyor belt, and that slowly begins taking her up towards the box. Meanwhile, Chucky's still alive missing his lower half and he's now pulling himself on that cart that i mentioned before he swings his knife at andy he goes to strike him but he instead cuts an air hose loose remember this and then he goes to actually stab him directly but andy gets out of the way and chucky instead gets his knife lodged into this metal plate this is when andy now discovers a lever that um exposes the hot plastic he pulls the lever and just all of this hot burning scolding plastic shoots out and just devours Chucky he's covered in the stuff melting and killing him uh Andy goes and wakes Kyle up at the nick of time right before the assembly bell uh, box catches her um but Chucky then attacks Kyle once more after they go down or get down off the uh, the conveyor belt, Chucky is now just covered in this goo, this this hot molded plastic, and he's trying to kill Kyle, but Kyle then reaches and finds the uh, the air hose that was sliced earlier. Remember, puts it in his mouth. His head just starts getting growing insanely large until it finally explodes, which finally. Finally, after three, four, five, whatever, however many attempts, Chucky finally got got. And all we see next is Andy and Kyle walking out of the Play Pals Toy Factory. Andy asking where they're going. Kyle says home. Andy asks where's home, and she says I have no idea. As the end credits begin to roll. And that is the end of Child's Play 2. Did I mention that I, th- th- this movie? I, I didn't mention it before, but 84 minutes. I mean, this movie is realistically only an hour and 20 minutes long. Yeah. This is one of the easiest watches you it will seems have. It, is it doesn't really give you any bullcrap. Everything is in, like, the whole movie is just fantastic. Filled with just delicious chunky meat to eat on, it, there's there's just there's no no waste really. This movie mm-hmm. kicks off and wraps up wall to wall with just a lot of good material. There's like no filler at all. It's just it's perfect. It's one of the many reasons why I love this movie. All right, so at this point. I certainly have a bunch of trivia um, right off the bat. Now, I'm going to read this, but I'm going to also, after I'm done reading it, call bullshit, and I'll explain why. It says, The original script had an opening scene of a court hearing dealing with the events of the previous film. Catherine Hicks was to reprise her role as Karen Barkley in this sequence, but it was cut before filming began. I am calling bullshit because I know for a fact after watching an interview from John Lafayette that there were never any intentions of bringing in the Karen Barkley character. That he was always – his intentions were to always film this movie as if it were told from the perspective of Andy. This is Andy's story does not need returning adults that's another reason why Mike Norris was not brought that it
2: would back longer too and there's i don't know yeah the kill count might go up but
1: like it was yeah. it, it was unnecessary um, speaking of Catherine Hicks despite not reprising her role she was constantly on set for this film just to see her husband Kevin Yeager who is the operator and creator of the uh, animatronic Chucky doll Um, Don Mancini stated that in an early draft of his script, the film was set during the Christmas season. This would have explained why so many good guy dolls were in the factory during the finale. Uh, the good guy doll Tommy is named after original child's play director Tom Holland at 84 minutes. This is surely the shortest child's play film, um... Chucky appeared in a tuxedo at the 1990 Horror Hall of Fame Awards to advertise the theatrical release of this film. He was introduced by Robert England. Um, this is a cool one. All of Brad Dourif's voiceover work for Chucky was recorded in advance so they could match up Chucky's mouth with the words. Because of this, Dourif rarely appeared on set. Instead, recordings of his voice will be played back for Alex, Alex Vincent to go by. Um, it's worth mentioning that Jenny Agutter has said that this is one of the worst filming experiences she's ever had. I actually had to go look into that. It actually came from an interview when Tumblr of all places that I read with her. Yeah, she actually said that. Um... Mary Steenburgen and Karen Black were considered for Grace Poole before uh, before Grace uh, Zabriskie was cast. That being said, Veronica Cartwright was considered for the part of Joanne. Joyce Van Pattern was considered for the role of Mrs. Kettlewell. And yeah, Kevin Yeager ended up directing several scenes that had Chucky in it when the puppets proved problematic to work with. Let me see, what else? This was composer Graham Revell's first big symphonic Hollywood film score. Um, when asked by the producers if he had done such a score before, he bluffed and said yes. In truth, he had never done a four-orchestral or- or- score in his life. His breakthrough score, Dead Calm, was written for a much smaller ensemble. I keep on mentioning Graham Revell. Mm-hmm. He went on to do... Uh, the score for The Crow. Another one of my favorite scores. So this guy, the first one, the, 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 the one God. that has meaning, exactly. Um, The murder of Andy's teacher and the final showdown at the toy factory are both elements of Dan, Don Mancini's original Child's Play script that failed to make it into the film. And uh, last one. Beth Grant was hesitant to accept the role as Andy's strict, ill-fated teacher, Miss Kettlewell. Although she liked the script, she was intimidated about doing a horror film, so she called her friend, actress Dina Manoff, who played Maggie in the first film, asking for advice. Manoff replied, well, if you see Child's Play, you'll find that I'm in it. Grant took her attitude as a good omen and signed on. So that's the trivia. Um, I want to talk about two things now before we get into the wrap-up and stuff. Uh, first and foremost, the director, Jean Lafayette, passed away this this past April.
2: Six months ago. The 29th of April, I
1: believe. Right. Um, I just wanted to take the take a moment to just acknowledge him Um The man didn't have the biggest of film careers, but he certainly um, made a mark with um, this film in particular.
0: Hi, I'm John LaFia, and I am the co-screenwriter of Child's Play 1, responsible for coming up with the name Chucky and lines of dialogue such as, want to play, I'll be your friend to the end, this is the end friend, that sort of thing. And I was involved uh, as the director for Child's Play 2, which – was one of my favorite directing assignments. I, I really loved doing it, it was a lot of fun. I loved working with Don Mancini and David Kirschner. And uh, I'm thrilled to see how long the franchise has lived and how ingrained the character of Chucky has become with the general public. And I'm excited about this new release that's uh, being brought to you in Germany. And I hope you really enjoy the film. I'm gonna be doing a commentary throughout and maybe you'll learn a few things you didn't know. Have fun.
1: Also wanted to talk about, there is a TV cut of this film that I was I was introduced to just watching this film um, in the early 90s when USA, um, when it was on uh, cable TV, when it finally came to, to television. Notice right off the bat, There were some different scenes. Some added scenes. Um, Most noticeably, the added ending and the added... um, There's some other stuff that's added to to this cut that makes more sense um, to add to the scares, I should say. Mm -hmm. Because a lot of the stuff is just extended scenes, a lot of extended dialogue, different cuts, different takes. But... In the beginning, after the uh, the guy gets killed and thrown through the glass, when the power goes out, you actually hear Chucky walking around in the room while the lights are out. And um, Sullivan and um, Madsen are asking, like, what's going on? Blah, blah, blah. You can hear the doll's feet walking around in the room from left to right. It's a pretty creepy shot. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, there's... The the, the the morning that Andy and Kyle go to school together um, before you see in the, the regular version, all you see are Chucky's legs dangling at the bottom of the bus. Before that, before Andy and Kyle even start their walk to the bus stop, um, we see Phil and Joanne outside talking a little bit. And it ends with the, the camera creeping down to the side of the driveway and it cuts to the... um the The basement window has been opened up. We get a shot of that the The, the biggest is the ending, though. because after Chucky's head blows up and Colin and Andy go to leave the plant after they leave and they have the little back and forth about you know going home, where's home? I have no idea. There's an added scene that goes back in the plant we or back in the factory, a chunk of Chucky's head. Um, was blown into the batch of, um, plastic, and we see this thing go down. This chunk go into the plastic, and then we see a mold, a fresh mold, being pressed, and it opens up, and it's a mold of Chucky's face, and it just smiles, and it stops. Uh, the credits start rolling when just when his, you know. Face that's smiling, and then it slowly fades to black as the credits continue to roll. Um, it's all in all, I'd say about ten minutes longer. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'm being kind. It's maybe not that long, but um, I've been waiting for it all my life for the most. It's been over twenty five years now. I've been waiting for like a proper release of this cut. You can find the scenes on YouTube if you if you Google it. It's this, the Child's Play Two Television Cut. Um, it's, it's just some interesting stuff. It's something that I pointed out when I was a kid. It's like, I'd seen this film so many times. That I just watched it on TV. I'm like, something's different about this. I don't remember this. I don't remember that. But then like the end scene happened. And I was like, wait a minute. What is this? Okay. So that's the TV cut guys. Like I said, look it up. It's on YouTube. Check it out there. Um, all right, well, let's wrap this up. So, Child's Play 2 has a body count of seven. Eight if you count Chucky himself, but I don't personally. He's not, well, it's seven. My unbiased MVP pick goes to Christine Elise. I just think she's really got that strong, independent, female character down.
2: Kyle? Kyle. Chucky but
1: like Chucky's like obvious. that's just boys work exactly. yeah, that's just Brad Brad so, Dourif in a booth
2: Kyle yeah
1: that's your unbiased MVP pick of the film too Kyle look at that nice what's your uh, be kind of rewind moment
2: every factory scene I feel
1: like so everything basically more or less when they get to the factory the whole entire yeah. final act the
2: third Our act originally I put when they were in the factory like in the beginning when they were like redoing Chucky and all that, but uh, it's a good scene, but I don't think I'd rewatch it over and over again. So, the ending, yeah.
1: Yeah, I was actually, I was kind of juggling a few things, I, that in particular, because I was actually, that might have been added to the mind. That, I was juggling um, the the shot that I mentioned before with Chucky in the house when he finally gets to the house earlier in the beginning. Or the one that I ended up going with, Miss Kettlewell's death scene. That sequence oh,
2: yeah. is
1: everything from the look of Chucky's face, the the fact that they were able to get this shot of Chucky like walking towards the camera is just an achievement in its own right. The music, everything about this scene, the way Beth Grant acts, ter- the way she's just terrified to death. The, the pullback shots of the the yardstick coming up and striking her and coming down. It's just so much about this scene that yeah. it's it's worth mentioning. And now I'm thinking it's, it's about hot, it. it, this is the key death scene of the movie.
2: And now, like thinking about it, I might do Phil's death. I I don't know. <sighs> no. Nah. No, either You're that. Good. Either that or when Chucky like what um realize that Kyle, like, at
1: the swing set was, like... That's fine. But Phil's death, I'm like, no. As your Ah. father and a movie nerd, I am not going to allow you to change your answer to that. No. No. But that, yeah, the Kyle discovery of who Chucky really is, it's a very intense scene. It really is, um... Like I said, it's not not a change in my opinion. Mm -hmm. For me, it's Miss Kettlewell's death. Do you, uh... Have a double feature pairing?
2: I did Annabelle because they're both dolls. But plus, both of them, I don't like. I I don't like. Have you games. seen Annabelle? No, because I remember we were talking about it when we found out the new movie was coming. Because Annabelle don't
1: do anything. We were yeah, exactly. It's a doll. We were, it doesn't do anything. We were talking about how
2: stupid it was. So. Right. Yeah, I. It's not like I'm actually going to see the double feature pairing. So yeah. they they they. I guess you can say they're similar, but they're not. They're both dolls. One's just like haunts I've
1: actually I've actually done my double feature pairing numerous times, dating back to when I first rented this by myself on VHS, and that is Child's Play. Double feature pairing. You watch this and Child's Play. Obviously you're gonna watch the first film first. But Child's Play and Child's Play 2 back when this franchise was legitimately scary. Yeah, absolutely. Child's Play and Child's Play Two together. They're, they they go together very well. Um, they're two very different films as far as not 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 as far as tone goes, but like as far as style and set designs and stuff go. And this is a more colorful film, whereas the original film is a darker, more grittier, you know, color palette yeah. for that used for that one. Um, but the the two films complement each other very well and it's it's a fun double feature to, to have so um star power all right so what did you give child's play to
2: i gave it a 3.5 because it's not it's not my favorite movie but it's a movie i'll rewatch, and it's not going to be my most favorite so 3.5 yeah
1: anything else this is your big this is this is your final moment to talk about the film no. anything else you want to bring to the table
2: it's not a movie i'd randomly bring up to watch but...
1: all right well i gave it four and a half stars up a half star from my original four star um just rewatching this for the podcast i there's just so much about this movie that Mm -hmm. to praise and to admire and to love and it's not a perfect movie so i wouldn't feel right giving it the full five stars but it's pretty damn close especially like as far as just everything goes it's 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 more than just horror the way it was shot the, the the choices that the cinematographer goes with as far as like the close-ups and the color palettes and the flashes of light and like everything is utilized perfectly. Or if it's not utilized perfectly, it's utilized pretty damn close. Yeah, pretty damn close. Um there's there's so much to love about Child's Play too, whether it's the amazing cinematography. Ravel's beautifully creepy score, the strong, independent Kyle character, or the fact that it's still one of the scarier entries of the franchise, fans have certainly found a way to keep its legacy still going strong after 30 years. For me, it's more than just nostalgia. Child's Play 2 is a legitimately good horror sequel. The late John Lafayette might not have directed a lot of films overall, but like I said, he definitely made a really great genre flick as well as my favorite Chucky film with this. And it's impossible to talk about this franchise without at least acknowledging the series creator Don Mancini. For without his genius, we wouldn't be talking about one of the legit scariest series that became its own act of brilliance. Seat of Chucky is one of the most underappreciated films of all time. It really is. Check it out. So that's going to put a lid on Chad's Play 2. Next Tuesday, we will be back talking about 1994's Shawshank Redemption. One of my all-time favorite movies. Seriously, you go to my letterbox. It's up there. My, my favorite four. This is one of them. So... It is a Stephen King adaptation, but not horror. that it's not horror. Yeah. Cuz Stephen King did dramas and this is one of the finest dramas you'll ever see. I'm looking forward to introducing you to it. I'm looking forward to talking to you about it. I don't know the
2: movie, but <laughs>
1: sure. <laughs> well, you're going to get to know it. So that'll be next week Shawshank Redemption but until then you can listen to previous episodes on iTunes, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google, Breaker, Stitcher and wherever else you enjoy your favorite shows guys. Follow us on facebook.com at
2: madammovie review
1: instagram.com at madammovie review youtube.com at
2: madammovie review
1: and finally twitter.com at Mad Dad Movie Pod. And finally, if you have any questions, comments, or requests, please email them to maddadmoviereview at gmail.com. Guys, also, please follow us on them social medias and leave us some likes, some comments. some. Uh, if you're able to rate us, please, it it would really help with the algorithm and it would mean the world to us. Um, guys, honestly, if you're still listening to this episode, um, we cannot thank you enough. Um, it, it's because of you guys that we keep doing this. And I just hope that uh, you guys are out there taking care of one another, being smart, being safe.
2: Be smart, kids.
1: <laughs> All right, so uh, we'll be back next week with the Shawshank Redemption. But until then... I'm out. And I'm her dad, and this has been Mad Dad New review. yo. All right, guys, take care.